Let's get down to business. Welcome to Profits and Purpose, a Colorado Business Roundtable production that unapologetically tells the story that business is good through conversations with Colorado's business leaders. Please welcome your host, the president of the Colorado Business Roundtable, Debbie Brown. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Profits and Purpose, which is the podcast of Colorado Business Roundtable, where we talk with business leaders and CEOs here in Colorado about issues that are important to their growth and vitality. And today, I'm really excited to welcome Kylie McVaney to our podcast. Uh, she is the CEO of Next World. And Kylie, welcome. So great to have a conversation with you today. That's good to be here. So before we jump in, uh, one of the things we like to talk about with Colorado Business Roundtable is that we're definitely an unapologetic voice for business because we know that business really isn't about bricks and mortar. It's really about people. And so it's nice to put face a face to business like yours and to hear more about what's going on at Next World. But before we dive into the business, I want to just ask you a little bit more about your story, uh, how you ended up being at Next World, a little bit about your journey here in Colorado. Well, I was very fortunate that I grew up with an entrepreneur. And so my father, Ed McVaney, and I had, um, I actually started calling him at sometime around the eighth grade. Uh, we had just a bond over business, and that was really special. So beginning, he started J.D. Edwards when I was in the fifth grade. And that summer just happened to be, I entered an essay contest and won a horse as first prize. And my parents wouldn't pay for anything. So that's like winning a duck, right? For Easter. Like who's going to bring home a duck or a horse, but that's awesome. Yes. Yeah. So lo and behold, I needed a job and J.D. Edwards had just started. So I became the Xerox girl. And then obviously I progressed. I receptionist and um, I did the demo data. I ended up being the accounts payable and fixed assets clerk. Just J.D. Edwards and business and well-architected software was just a part of my DNA from the beginning. And uh, just a really great place to bond with my dad. I was thinking about that. I've heard you tell that story before, Kylie, because you know, it's been an honor to know you and and I got to do some work with your dad back uh, many yeah. years ago. And it was so cool to get to know him and, you know, some of his entrepreneurial spirit has been an inspiration to so many, mm-hmm. but I laugh at your story now. I think Xerox girl, you know, there's probably a lot of listeners who don't even know what that is. Like what's a Xerox? <laughs> well, what was funny is the movie um, Dolly Parton nine to five movie came out right around then. And there was a scene with Dolly Parton and Xerox machines. And I was like, that was my life because it was before co-lingers too. So I made the documentation guides. Yeah, that's great. Well, I, that's how I worked my way a little bit through college too. I was making copies. So, yeah. uh, you know, you do what you got to do to learn new skills and hopefully advance at that point. Tell me then uh, how you ended up uh, starting Next World. Tell us about that. I know your love of business and it sort of yeah. was an interesting array from your experience with J.D. Edwards too. Right, right. Well, my journey, I started off um, in public accounting and then went to J.D. Edwards. So then again, J.D. Edwards is ERP software, which is back-end software to run global companies. So whether it be the back-end accounting or distribution manufacturing companies. And so I worked both in customer support, learning the product, and then I worked in software development. And then um, after J.D. Edwards was acquired, I took some time off and did other entrepreneurial projects like um, helping start Valor Christian High School. 
So in 2015, we had Edward every once in a while have a big reunion with his favorite 400 people from J.B. Edwards up at his ranch. And so in 2015, we were there and we were just reminiscing like, what if we could do it all over again? What I mean, technology has changed so much. What would we do differently? And so we started talking about that and that evolved into several conversations with uh, Axel Algeyer, Vito Salamini, myself, and Ed. And we really realized that technology has shifted so much, but people don't go rewrite ERP because it's so hard, such a vast amount of software. And that's why software vendors are stuck with legacy software because it's just plain old too hard to redo. And we said, what if we were to do over again in today's technology? And that's what we decided to do. That sounds like a fun weekend <laughs> to rethink. <laughs> Actually, that was and, I also, weekend, yeah. <laughs> and I also love that in your spare time, you start Valor High School. I mean, yeah. anybody here in Colorado knows that, you know, that was no small feat, you know, to really start one of the premier high schools here in Colorado that has, you know, from day one excelled in everything from academics and sports and coming from a Cherry Creek mom, you know, that's a tough one for me to talk about how good Valor is at sports, but mm-hmm. obviously an incredible model of education for, for our state. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been enjoyable. So next world, uh, you explained a little bit about that. How has uh, COVID affected next world in your business? And, and I was just so pleased too, to read the other day in the DBJ about some expansion plans yeah. and what you're working on next. You know, it sounds like you're continuing your growth phase, but how did COVID perhaps uh, those challenges and opportunities affect your work there, Kyla? Yeah. You know, from a technical perspective, it was nothing. We're, we're obviously a cloud software company. We don't even have any servers in our office. So that was nothing to be able to switch overnight to all being remote. We already had that technology, but culturally it's been hard and it has been hard to figure out. We've seen some consequences where it's more difficult to onboard new employees, especially when you're hiring young people straight out of college, that this is their first job. It's a little slower of a process onboarding people. Now we, unlike other tech firms, We came back probably around May, as soon as we were allowed to, and had 50% in the office at a time. So half the company worked Monday, Tuesday, the other half worked Wednesday, Thursday. And we did that until things got worse late October, then we all went home again and started working in January, 25%, and now we're back to 50% with half the company coming in. But it's been interesting because we have really seen that although there are benefits to um, some employees feel more productive at home and then enjoy what it does for their work-life balance. We see that working together and collaborating, that you can't innovate and have creativity in a Zoom call. We just feel like it's, you know, and whether it is 10% not as good or 20%, it has an effect to think that um, our innovation and our designs would be 10% worse than if we were in person, we can't handle that. So we feel very strongly that this hybrid environment, that's why we're investing in office space. We don't want people to desk share and just have half the company in. We're actually going to have the entire company come in once, once COVID opens and we have this extra office space, but the entire company is there Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. 
And then depending on your role, a lot of people can work from home. And I've seen that, you know, we represent a lot of large employers here in Colorado and every, and, and we coordinate with other roundtables around the country too. And it's such a dilemma, I think, for CEOs and leaders right now to think about how do you balance culture, innovation with adding some additional flexibility for the workforce of tomorrow yeah. And in a sense, I think when you and I talked previously, it's it's kind of this interesting hybrid approach of how do leaders really try to balance balance all those needs of the company, knowing that we're in a completely different world than we were, you know, 18 yeah. months ago. Yeah, we actually have engaged workplace elements and they have done research on hybrid and we're having them walk our company through it because we, we did what we call an empathy meeting with the whole company and um, the folks at Workplace Elements hosted it. And we basically had employees talk about, they all went into Zoom breakout sessions, but they talked about what is trust and how is trust different when you're remote? Um, What does flexibility mean to them and what kind of flexibility they want? And obviously people in a perfect world want complete flexibility and autonomy. And yet, (laughs) then we started doing breakout sessions about what does it mean that when trust is broken? You know, what if your coworker says he's working Friday afternoon and you have a big deadline and you contact uh, him or her at three o'clock on Friday afternoon when he should be available and he's not? How does that break trust? And how do you organize yourself as a company? So we're taking the time to really go through this so that our employees can have the most flexibility possible without having trust broken and without foregoing the collaboration and creativity and innovation. Well, I'd love to circle back when you have, and maybe you already have all that all that complete, but I'd love to circle back and share some of those best practices if that's something that you're willing to talk about again, because I think it sounds like you're ahead of the curve. I think a lot of companies, you know, we're in this sort of no man's land of trying to figure out, um, you know, all these unknowns that have been kind of thrust upon us. So another question kind of about COVID, because I sort of think, I don't know that we'll ever be post COVID. Mm-hmm. I think we're always going to be in sort of this new sort of environment. Yes. But I like but I like to think about, you know, there's challenges uh, with disruption, but then there's tremendous opportunity. Mm-hmm. So have you been able to think through like, okay, some of those challenges um, sounds like you're you're right on them, but are there opportunities for you and for Next World and your team kind of looking ahead? There's incredible opportunities for us because I think businesses realize now more than ever that they have to be willing to adopt like that. You have to be able to change. And if your software that runs your company does not allow you to adapt, you're left behind. And and that's what most people have. They have old software that doesn't allow the business to morph at the speed it wants to. And what's amazing about NextWorld is what's called no code. I don't know if you're familiar. We can get a little techie now if you want to, but these no code platforms. And you hear about low code, but no code means that literally there's 100% separation between um, the business solution that you have. So maybe the journal entry, the debits have to equal the credits, or how you run your manufacturing business and um, schedule your areas. That is the business solution. And we have 100% separation between the technology and the business solution. So when technology changes, maybe there's a a new coding language out that that increases um, performance, or maybe um, augmented reality 
becomes a thing in business. I don't think it's really a thing in business right now. But if your if your items that you sell, you wanted to be able to display those in augmented reality, we were the ones, we will embrace that technology and your business applications don't have to change. You still have a sales order and you still show items, but maybe something in the future is you can do it through augmented reality. And so we embrace the technology for you and your business applications automatically inherit the technology that our platform has. So your software is truly future-proof. Well, and I'm not a technical person, so that kind of a, a solution, if I were somebody looking for what you have to offer, I'd be like, okay, that's perfect because I don't want to have to think that deep about technology. It's not my skill set. And I've heard some interesting opportunities too. You know, we've got several higher ed partners here in Colorado mm-hmm. that are looking at kind of advanced technologies and, uh, you know, how do they make sure they meet the needs of, of what's changing and disrupting within education. So I would see yeah. lots of different platform potential for what you're doing as far as future growth. So that yeah, is an exciting yeah. time. And a no code platform like ours allows companies, you know, There are statistics out there that say that companies spend 72% of their IT budget basically just on keeping the lights on. It's it's like the electric bill. It's, It's your infrastructure and everything it takes to just be status quo. And that's ridiculous. You should be spending 72% of your IT budget on innovation, on things that are bringing value to your company not on just keeping the lights on. And that's where NextWorld flips it. Kylie, I also know we both share a really um, a common passion for understanding kind of the role of business. Mm-hmm. And I want to delve into that just a little bit. You know, we've just recently launched a Faces of Business campaign where we highlighted 20 Coloradans uh, from a variety of backgrounds and businesses and industries and really trying to put a face on what business is, because you and I know business isn't about, you know, greedy capitalists trying to always figure out how to build new buildings or, you know, take from people. The business that you and I know is about employing um, Coloradans so that they can uh, support themselves and their families. And, you know, the, the business itself is just so noble. And I'd love to know about, you know, I know we share that. So I might've just taken all the words yeah, out of your mouth, yeah. but I, but I'm passionate with you on that issue. And I'd love to hear how you came to that realization and, and kind of your viewpoint of business. Well, you know, I think obviously all of us in our deepest heart have a desire to give back and to do good in the world. And I think it's easy, at least this happened to me, as I became older, thinking that giving back and making a difference with my life is in being involved in charitable projects, you know, or, or I, I look at teachers and doctors in some professions, and I think those professions um, are the ones that give back. Or if I'm involved in a charity that does water purification or something like that, and I lost sight um, of the fact that business done right in and of itself is just as noble, if not more noble than charitable causes. And you really see it during COVID when the economy just crashed. And you realize that the economy and people's well-being has so much to do with businesses thriving. The other thing that's been amazing to me walking down this path with my dad the past five years is when we go to conferences and he sees people that their lives were impacted by J.D. Edwards, their whole career and their whole trajectory. He's had grown men come up to him and cry and just say, 
you changed my life. And he hadn't even met them before. But the idea that we can offer jobs that engage people's mind and hearts and um, that they can have a work family um, and coworkers. So to me, that was a big shift for me to think that really the best thing I can do with my life is to use my God-given gifts and abilities in business because that's what I love and and software is uh, well-architected software is is my passion. Well, and thank goodness because I don't know how to do well-architected software. So we all have our passions and I think you really hit the nail on the head that it's this business done right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that every business is doing it right. But there's so much positivity around business. And I think that the culture really is is pushing against that, you know, that yeah. there's um, that it's not considered a noble endeavor. But, you know, as I work on public policy issues, you know, I try to remind myself a lot that a good job solves a lot of problems. And especially seeing some spending coming in, you know, from the federal government, we really just need to get the private market back, the private sector kind of back running again. I mean, that would solve a lot of problems that we're seeing. Yeah. And, you know, we're very grateful to Colorado for the incentives that they're giving um, to companies to stay in Colorado and create jobs in Colorado, because especially with tech, where everyone's working remote, it's easy to think about getting cheaper labor in other cities or other countries. And that is not what we're doing because we really do believe that innovation comes when we're face to face. Well, and if people haven't heard about Next World, they will soon because you're innovating and going for big changes. What's next for Next World? What's what's the next big thing? Again, I would say the past five years has just been foundational, building this platform and then um, building out a core ERP system in financials and distribution and manufacturing. But what's amazing about our platform and what's in store for us and the reason we're going to have 300 more employees in the next few years is that we have a partner ecosystem and a technology that allows industries like so we're not in the real estate industry. And but we have a real estate partner that was able to extend our applications and they're seamlessly integrated. And so now Next World is in the real estate industry and we're in the construction industry. So um, just like I don't like remember when Salesforce came out and they had um, Force.com. And now that is allowing other companies to build extensions on their CRM platform. And we're doing that except for it's for backbone ERP and it's in this no code fashion. So it's going to be the amount of software that we are producing right now because of our technology that opens it up to the partner network is astounding. Wow. And you've grown, um, you know, I, I think you and I met several years ago. How many employees do you have now and what are you predicting by the end of this year? We have about 200 employees and mm-hmm. we'll probably have maybe 220 by the end of the year, a little more than that. But yeah. So we're very fortunate that we are a privately held company and we have a long financial um, funding model that we do not have to um, be looking for private equity right now. And we can really build the right thing off the bat and, and take the time to do things right. Well, perfect. Kylie, always a pleasure to talk with you. And I'm really glad that you were willing to share uh, a little bit about you and your company with our partners here at Colorado Business Roundtable And how fun that you're a Colorado CEO and growing and thriving in Colorado. And, and, uh, you know, I'm sure your clients are all over the place, but it's great to have you headquartered uh, just right down the street from us. So 
appreciate your time so much. And if folks want to learn more about Next World, what's your website? Nextworld.net. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Great. Come join us. Thank you. Thank Thanks you so again for joining us. And yeah, I appreciate everybody tuning in on uh, this episode of Profits and Purpose. Thanks so much. This has been a presentation of the Colorado Business Roundtable. Be sure to check out all of our episodes on Podcatchers Everywhere at cobrt.com. Our technical producer is John Ekstrom and Deaf Communications. Thank you for listening to Profits and Purpose.